Oh, that's good. Jen, why don't you come up here? I want you to hear the heart of God for all of you tonight and what God wants you to do. God really wants something for all of you tonight. I want you to hear this. This came through in the prayer time. Okay, I saw this during during prayer. I saw a picture of um, of Jesus, and he was going around to each person, um, just individually, and he was kind of whispering, speaking into their ears, speaking over them. Um, what he saw in them, how how he sees them, and who they are to him. And as he was speaking that to that person, each person, um, scales would fall off of them, and the scales were lies, and they would just fall, um, and the truth would replace the scales. And so that was kind of um, the word. And so I just prayed that we would be um, willing to hear his voice tonight and to hear his truth and to receive it and let the scales fall off. And I think um, someone had mentioned about, um, I think it might have been Kate, um, mentioned about the wind tonight and how, um, and as I was speaking, it just kind of was like the wind would just blow those scales away. They wouldn't even have to be around us. Somebody must be new. <laughs> we don't really ring the doorbell. Right? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> I'm going to pray one more time. Father, we need to know our true identity. We need to know how we look to you. Father, we need to know what our lives are supposed to look like from your perspective. Father, you need... Please show us our destiny in you. Father, we ask for that tonight. We ask for revelation personal revelation for each person tonight. Father, I pray for a reawakening of identities and callings tonight. I pray for a calling forth for those who don't know. Father, I mostly pray for restoration of these people right now. Restoration of our lives, God. Restoration of what you've called us to and our destinies in you. Lord, we love you and you're the only one who can do it. Lord, would you do this in us? I had no idea where this was going to go until prayer time. Neither did she, apparently. I'm Matt, for those of you who don't know. One of the reasons that this group is... Can you guys all hear me? I'm kind of loud, so. One of the reasons this group believes so strongly in prophecy is because one of the main functions of prophecy is for you to hear what God thinks and feels about you. (coughs) Prophecy, personal prophecy, is really God showing you who you really are. Not who the world says you are. Not who your parents say you are, or the church even. Not what the experiences of life have taught you, good or bad but who you really are. That is one of the main purposes of prophecy. 
In this group, we believe strongly in dreams, that every single one of you has a dream and a calling. And because of that, we want to encourage you guys to walk in that. But if you don't know your true identity and who you really are in God, you'll never walk in that. Do you guys all remember Gideon? You guys remember Gideon? He was a judge, for those of you not familiar with him. Well, anyway, there was an army coming to kill Israel. And he was hiding in a wine press. It's a good thing to do when there's an army coming to kill you. Okay? He comes there, an angel appears to him. And he says, mighty man of valor. Well, he's hiding in a wine press. <laughs> and you know what his response to that is? And basically the angel says, you're going to save Israel. And he's like, ah, really? I'm from the least tribe in all of my country, and I'm the least of my tribe. I'm the biggest loser in the entire country. <laughs> and do you know what the Lord says to him? Nevertheless, I will be with you. I'm stealing this teaching from Grant Cook, by the way. Just apologies for Grant Cook. <laughs> totally stealing it. Okay? Your true identity is the way that God talks to you. From then on, God only talked to Gideon as a mighty man of valor. He never talked to him as a weak person from a weak tribe. When God begins to reveal to you your true identity and calling, he only speaks to you out of that. Some of you think that God has been silent to you, and he's not speaking to you. It's not that. This is what he's doing. He's letting you talk. God, I can't do it. It's too big for me. I can't do this. I can't do this for this reason and that reason and this reason. I don't want to do it. 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 And this is what the Lord is doing. He's waiting for you to say it, and he's letting you speak. And then he's saying this, Nevertheless, I will be with you. Because what God says about you is true, no matter what anyone else says, no matter what anyone else thinks, including you. Your true identity is truer than anything in this world. Do you guys know who you are? You have the spirit of the living God inside of you. You have the kingdom of God within you. Every single one of you brings the kingdom of God within you. You have the light and the presence of God. Everywhere you go, the presence of God goes. Every person you interact with is affected by you. To greater or lesser degrees, depending on a lot of factors that we won't get into. Every single person is affected by you. You are part of a very, very large, wonderful plan of God. And you know what that plan is? To restore all of humanity back to God. To restore all of humanity back into fellowship with Him. And to restore all of creation back into harmony with man and God. That is your destiny. You are a part of that right now. Right now, that's who you are. You are bringing the kingdom of God everywhere you are. The kingdom of God is being extended through you. Because the Spirit of God lives inside you. That is who you are. Everywhere you go and every person you meet, the kingdom of God, they're encountering the kingdom of God. They're different because of you. You are a change agent. You are a catalyst for change. You are bringing the kingdom of God everywhere you go. Every arena of life. Every field. I don't care what you do. I don't believe in a distinction between life and ministry. Your life is your ministry. Some people get paid for it and some don't. 
<laughs> That's it. Life is ministry. There is no distinction. It's silly. And it's not even biblical. Everything you do is ministry. Your whole life is ministry. Every person you meet, every encounter you have, you're bringing the kingdom of God. And then when we obey the Lord, we bring it even more. And we bring it even faster. When we don't obey, we bring it a little bit. And when we obey and we surrender to the Holy Spirit, we bring it even more. And we bring it even faster. That's who every single one of you is. You have the light of God inside of you right now. You don't earn this. You didn't pay a price for this. You didn't fast enough for this. This is all because of Jesus. That's why you have this. And that's who you are. And guys, God is only speaking to you based on who you really are. Not out of the negative parts of our personality, the negative things that have come to us from the experiences of life, the hard things that we've gone through that made it hard and bitter and the wounds that we have. So often we live out of those things and we try to get into faith and power out of those areas and we can't seem to do it. Guess what? You can never do it that way. You'll never operate in faith and power when you're trying to live out of the negative parts of your, of your personality. Mm-hmm. Only when you're living in your true identity. Only when you're saying, no, this is who I am. Wow. Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You remember Peter? What did Jesus call Peter? The rock. And I'm going to build my church on you. Well, actually, the truth that he is the Christ, the Son of God. But anyway, Peter, you're a rock. He was still a rock after he failed and betrayed the Lord. He was still a rock because God called him a rock. When God says it, that's it. That was part of Peter's restoration when he came back to him. Peter, you're still who I said you were. You're still who God said you were. You still are who God says you are. But this, but that, I'm, I'm in a wine press and I'm scared and, I'm, and I have these issues and those issues. That's not who you really are. I've had people come to me and say, Matt, this and that. I'm a liar. I'm a pornographer. I'm, I'm a hypocrite. I'm this. No, you're not. That's not who you are. That may be what you struggle with currently, but that's not who you are. You're a child of God. Don't identify yourself by your greatest weaknesses or your current struggles or your past struggles. That's not who you are. You are a son and a daughter of God. That's who you are. That's the identity that God wants you to live out of because that's where the power is. It's not... I'm not saying you ignore the past and you don't deal with it. Those are real things. But the way to get free is to recognize who you are now. You were those things before you came into faith. Now, now you're a son and a daughter of God. Now you're an overcomer. That's who you are. And that's the heart of God for each and every one of you, is to know who you are so you can walk in it. And that's why we believe so strongly in prophecy. And hearing God's heart for other people. Because we want people to walk in who they really are. Do you guys want to walk in who you really are? Yes. Yes. That's the main purpose of prophecy. Is to see in the supernatural, in the spirit, who those people really are. Not what's in their soul, meaning not the sins that they're in. Okay, That's easy to see, prophetically. That's not hard. All of you can do that. Every Christian can hear from God. Every Christian can prophesy, we believe, because the Bible says it. That's why we believe it. 
Okay? <laughs> okay? This is how prophecy gets used wrongly sometimes, to point out people's sins. That's not the purpose of prophecy. To gain power for yourself in a church or a ministry, to make a name for yourself, etc., etc., etc. To beat people up, to control people. I'm a prophet. Blah, blah, blah. I hear from God. Blah, blah, blah. That's not the point of prophecy. You know what the point of prophecy is? To restore people to God. That's the heart we want. To restore people and circumstances to God. That's what we want to do. That's what we want to be about as this community. Is awakening people's dreams, calling out people's destinies. Because everyone has one. And we want every single person to walk in this. That is the heart of God. Restoration. If we don't have that heart, all of this other stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I walk in gifts and I walk in power and I have crowds and blah, blah, blah. If my heart isn't to restore people, all oh, that's meaningless. It's all meaningless without love. And the heart, that's the heart of God. Because He wants to get, again, everybody back to Him. All of humanity back to Him. All of creation back to Him. That's the end goal. That's the end goal. That's where this is all going. That was plan A, and it's still plan A. <laughs> in the Genesis, the plan was Adam and Eve, in harmony with God, in harmony with creation, ooh, all together, it was great. And he said, okay, Garden of Eden. Now, I want this to happen everywhere on the earth. Eden, everywhere. Go. Didn't last long, because they screwed up, but that's okay. So he's like, okay, I'll send Jesus. Okay, now, take two. Eden, everywhere. Go. Still a good plan. Still going to go with it. That's where we're going. Eden, everywhere. That's the end goal. That's the end of the world. Restoration of all things back to God. Cool, huh? Guess what? You're all doing that right now. Amen. You will do that one day when you get serious about God. Paul, you are doing it right now. It'll happen even faster once you get serious about God and start obeying. Isn't that great? That's even better. But it's happening right now. Right now. That's who you are. You are the answer to the world's problems. Anybody like the environment? You want to save the planet? You're doing it. You're doing it right now. We're the hope for the world. We're the hope for creation. We're the hope for humanity. That's who you guys are. We had words about people being wrapped. Oh, do you have You sure can. <laughs> Speak up loud. Or you okay? okay, okay. Um, okay. When we were worshiping, yeah. one thing, I don't have my purse. I have my keys and my phone. Okay. And two things came to me. You're, you, I've already given you your direct line in the front room, and I've given you the key to set the captives free. I'm shaking the report for Egypt off you so you could do it. Hey, man. Everybody hear that? Why do you repeat it? <laughs> Say it. It's your word. Voice. I don't have you don't a voice. Hey. God's given us power and authority to free people. Keys to free people. He's shaking all that junk that's on your life. It's hindering you from walking in your true identity off your life. Okay, That's what we get to do for each other. That's what we're going to do for each other in a few minutes. We're going to pray in for each other. We're going to press into God for each other. Because there's so many of us who either don't know or who aren't living in our true identity. That's what we want for each one of you, is to live in your true identity. To be authentically you, the person God called you to be, and that's what you get to be. 
You get to be who you are. You don't get to be like me. Thank God. There's one of one of you is enough. Okay. Amen. Okay. Right. And here's the good thing. You know what? Guess what? All of us have models in the church. All of us have heroes. All of us have people we admire for how dedicated they are. But guess what? You're not like them, so don't try to be like them. Learn from them. Take what you can from them, and be yourself. Don't imitate them. Don't copy them. Okay, that may be fine at first, very quickly. But quickly have your own relationship with the Lord. Okay? In the style of your gifting, whatever that is, be yourself. Don't try to be somebody else, because that's not living in your true identity. And guess what? There's no power in that. There's no life in that. It's nothing but stress and frustration and burden and guilt and pain. That's how you kind of know, maybe I'm not living in my true identity. Because when I'm doing this, I feel nothing but this feels weird and it doesn't work and I'm frustrated and I'm upset and maybe that's because it's not the way you're supposed to do it. You get to be you all the time. That's God's will for you. God, Jesus died on the cross for you to be you. So be you. Don't be someone else. Don't put someone between you and God. Even a spiritual person. Especially a spiritual person. Be who you are. I want us, as a group, to have a heart to see each other restored to God. I mean, yeah, the world, of course, we want to see the world restored and people come to save, but I'm focusing right now on you guys. When we pray for each other in a few minutes, ask the Lord, God, how do you see this person? What are you doing for them, not only now, but in the future? Because God sees the end from the beginning. That's why He can speak to you that way. He knows the end of this. He knows where you're going. He knows what you're called to do. He knows it. He's like, you're going to be this. But I'm not, I'm not. Okay, for a long time, I'll just be really honest with you. I have been a reluctant leader my whole life. I've never wanted to be in leadership. I've never asked to be in leadership. I've never desired it. I've never particularly thought I was a leader. I've been mostly frustrated being one most of my life. And I was one in high school. I was one in college, blah, 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 all this stuff. And after college, I was like, I'm done. I quit. I never want to be a leader again, ever. For a lot of reasons. I'll get into maybe sometime. Okay, I was like, I'm done. There's no more. I, I don't want to do this. I'm making people just like me. I'm building my own kingdom. I'm done. Okay, I just pulled out. And then, the next two years during grad school, didn't do any ministry stuff. Just kind of sat back. Group similar to this and just didn't do anything. And that's why I came to community talks, by the way, was to hide, not to be in leadership. <laughs> I had no intentions of being in leadership. I have no intentions of being up here, let me tell you. Okay. So during that two years, during that two years, yeah, that worked out well. During those two years, the only words God spoke to me, because he'd already told me I was a leader and called all this stuff. He said, and I would wail on this, and God, look at this, and I did that, and look, I made people like me, and this was terrible, and that, and that. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. So anyway, about leadership, let's talk about this. This is good. You need to know this. What a... No, I'm not a leader. Nevertheless, um, we're going to do this now. For two years I railed, and the only words I ever got, and I got prophetic words from different people, and it was the same thing every time. And, oh, I'm so mad. I'm like, this is not who I am. 
false. Actually, it is who you are. You just don't think you're that. Okay? God was, and I was so, uh, I can't connect with God. I'm, uh, I'm so this. It's because God was just like, I'm going to let you talk and whine and bellyache as long as you want, but I'm only going to say the same thing to you. Nevertheless, I will be with you. So go and do what I've called you to do. But, nevertheless, I will be with you and I will, I will be with you. Go, do it. Has anyone else been doing that? Whining, like, ah, I'm mad. He's like, nevertheless. It's not that he's silent, he's waiting for you to stop talking. <laughs> and to recognize who you are and walk in it. It's the same thing with this group. Communities. I was still after grad school, I was back here, and blah, blah, blah. And see, that's one of the points of prophecy. And that's why we're going to do that with each other tonight. It calls people back to their destiny. It calls people back to the issues in their life that are hindering them from walking in their destiny. Character issues, integrity, those kinds of things. Things that needed to change in me before I could do what I was supposed to do. It was communitas, and I was sitting there, and somebody pulled me out of a crowd and gave me a word. And they gave me a date, and they said, between 30 to 60 days, all this stuff is going to happen, basically, yada yada, I'd be doing this kind of stuff. I was like, well, whatever. <laughs> Day 49, I get a call from Paul, and yeah, the rest is history. So I was like, all right. That's okay, God's really gracious. He likes to tell us things more than once. Good thing, because I wasn't listening. I was during that two years in grad school. Someone pulled me out of crowd, blah blah blah. You're gonna be a leader, and yada yada. Do you want to preach the gospel, son? And I'm like, not really. <laughs> the guy was just like, uh, uh, you know, I'm in the crowd, and you're supposed to say yes because that sounds spiritual. And uh, I'm like, uh, not really. No, I'd rather not do it. And he's like, well, will you? And I'm like, I guess if I have to. I mean, I is, there, is there another choice? <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll pray for it. He's not expecting that answer at all. I remember someone told me once, they're like, you know, if you run from the calling of God, he'll take it away. I'm like, really? <laughs> well, in that case, I don't want it. Now, of course, I knew the word, so I knew that the word says that the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. But I was hoping that somehow I had misunderstood that verse, and then I could really drop it and let it go. Well, I couldn't. It doesn't. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. You can run from them, but then you'll never be fulfilled in your life. You'll always have frustration, anger, bitterness. You'll never feel quite right, no matter what you do, no matter whatever success you have, until you live in your true identity. Notice I didn't say, live the good Christian life according to whatever new book is out. Living your true identity according to who God sees you from His perspective. That's who God wants for all of you. That's what God wants for all of you. And you know, you know we should ask the. You know, wouldn't it be fun to just ask the Lord? How, how does How does the Lord see us? Is that a good question to ask? Yes. God, how do you see me? Like, really, how do you see me? One of the best things I've ever done with prophetic uh, stuff. Oh, for those of you who knew, we believe in prophecy, which basically means we believe God speaks today, and He gives us uh, knowledge and His heart for people and circumstances. Okay. Um, one of the best things I've ever done with prophetic training is have people. Pray for people they don't know they're praying for. You just go around and you, you, all right, let's pray and get words for people and nobody tells them who they're praying for. My favorite is when people get words for themselves. They're always really good. And then they read them and they go, oh, that's for me? That's for me? Huh. 
See, they heard accurately from the Lord, but somehow when we read it, we don't believe it for ourselves. Isn't that true? We're going to do that tonight. Well, not just for ourselves, for other people. Because it's easier to hear for other people. <laughs> Somehow it's easier to have faith. You find that true? Yeah. It's easier to have faith for other people. It's either easier to believe for circumstances for other people than yourself. Yeah. 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 Probably means we have an issue. Yeah. That's what we're going to do real quick here. We're going to get into groups, about three, guys with guys, girls with girls. And we're just going to ask the Lord, how do you see this person? I want you to pray it for them. I want you to break off things that are not of God. Images that they have of themselves. Stereotypes that they have of themselves. Words that come to their mind. Who are you? I'm this. I'm that. We want to know who God says. What God says about us. And we believe that the Lord wants to speak that to all of you tonight. Okay? We're not gonna when we get this, when we ask the Lord, we're not gonna give negative things. We're gonna that's that's low level prophetic stuff. That's introductory prophetic. Just so you know. <coughs> seeing negative things and negative circumstances, that's not that big a deal. Anybody can see that stuff. That's easy to see. Sensing sin and sensing problems in a church or in a nation, I mean, that doesn't take, that doesn't even take prophetic. I mean, it just takes two eyes and a carnal mind. (laughs) Okay? So even if God is showing you something when you're praying for somebody that's negative, so what? That doesn't mean you're supposed to address that. It just means you're supposed to pray the opposite. Pray Pray the good thing. And I would really encourage you, if you guys are, when you guys are praying or whenever you're doing this stuff, when you're praying for people, Go deep into the heart of God for that person. Because that person needs to be restored. That person has a true identity that they need to walk in. Because there's life that they have to give to the earth. Every single one of you has life to give to the earth. We want you to give it. Because if you don't, something won't come alive that needs to. That's why we want you to walk in your true identity. We want life to come to the earth. We want the earth to be restored. We want people to be restored. Circumstances to be restored. And that only happens when we're walking in our true identity. Can I say something real quick? Yes. Um, as far as the negative, I don't want anybody to feel afraid that the Lord's going to sh- reveal anything negative about you because that's not His heart. Um, sometimes if you get something that's negative sounding, it's because the Lord's exposing a lie that the other person's believing about themselves that the enemy oh, is trying sweet. to put on them, and so that's why, like Matt said, to pray the opposite, but just, I just want to eliminate any fear of that, like, this is not the heart of the Lord in prophecy, and it's not the spirit in which we practice it here, so the Lord probably is not going to reveal anything like that here tonight. Did everybody hear that? Everybody hear what she said? Yeah. Guess what? God only has nice things to say about you. Remember in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They are for good and not for harm. That's true. He wasn't joking. He was he was serious. He himself will convict you if you have an issue that needs yes. correction. But that's not the spirit of prophecy that we practice here. Right. So that's not what we do with prophetic. We only do encouraging things, building up things, and calling out people's destiny. You guys already know what you struggle with. We don't need to tell you. We all know what we struggle with. Okay? So that's all we're going to do when we pray for each other. Go ahead. I just want to throw something out along with that. When you think about it, 
how um, how a person responds to a positive word versus a negative word, even if it's just something simple. If I'm like, if I'm constantly telling Shannon, if I'm nagging her, saying, "Oh, you never take out the trash," over and over, she's going to be more discouraged to not do it. But when I start to affirm things in her and call forth what I see in her and say, "Wow, you know, you're really." really responsible, you, you're always good at taking care of things, you know, like it encourages her even more to, yeah, I can do this, I want to do this. It's the same way in the prophetic, that when you start to speak to those things, it's like, instead of just nagging, nagging, this is what you're doing wrong, this is what you're doing wrong, we all know what it's like to have somebody tell us all the time that what we're doing wrong, and then we get discouraged and don't even want to try anymore, but when we call out those right things, those good things that we see in them, it helps bring them into that, into that destiny. Um, I know there's two forms of prophecy. I know there's just what God is saying right now, and it is done. And then there's what God is speaking forth in the distance and calling it forth. It says, call those things that are not as though they were. Yeah, exactly. And even um, most of the prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, they actually spoke Jesus into existence. God spoke Jesus into existence. If it's the word of God in them, it's actually God speaking you into existence. So if you are filled with the Holy Spirit and God gives you a word, it is actually God's voice. It's not yours. So in a way, you're actually obligated to call forth the good in a person. That's exactly right. And in the spirit, you know what you do when you give a word from the Lord given in his heart and in the right way? You release people. You break bondages and you open up people's hearts to the things of God. You free them. There's a word in prayer time about people being wrapped up like mummies and being unwrapped by God. Scales falling from their eyes. That's what we want to do right now. That's what we want to do for each other. That's what we want to do. Can I just read a scripture quick? When you were talking earlier, for some reason the verse came to me that says, Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And then I just backed up a little bit, and I, I feel like it does speak about our identity mm-hmm. um, yeah. individually as well as a group. And First Peter 2, starting in verse 4, it says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into spiritual houses to be holy mm-hmm. priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus for in scripture it says, See I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. The one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Amen. Amen. Did you know that since the cross, the face of heaven is only smiling? Mm. Did you know that? He poured out all judgment and all wrath on the cross. So Jesus, when you look at him, when you look into his eyes and you look at his face... Heaven is applauding me right now. Amen. He's saying good word. Keep going. <laughs> that may not be true. Wait that. <laughs> it just stopped. It just stopped. Where was I? The face of heaven. Jesus, when you look into his eyes, picture... Everybody close your eyes for a second. Please, if you will. I want you to picture the face of God right now. I want you to picture his face turning towards you. Now I want you to picture his eyes meeting your eyes. Now don't shrink back. 
If some of you have resistance, I want you to picture those eyes as the warmest, most inviting, the kindest eyes you've ever seen in your life. The most understanding, the most compassionate, full of wisdom, full of hope, full of burning, burning desire for you. Now I want you to picture him giving you the biggest smile you've ever seen in your life. Now I want you to picture him laughing. Now I want you to picture him saying, It's okay. You're going to make it. You win in the end. Now just stare at his face for a second. Stare into those eyes. If you want, you can picture yourself giving him a hug, crawling up on his lap, giving him a high five, whatever you feel. Now I want you to picture him whispering into your ear. who you really are. Let's just listen for a minute. I want you to just picture weights being taken off your shoulders. I want you to just picture yourself like a mummy, all wrapped up. And Jesus is just unwrapping you. As he's just speaking over you who you are, my son, my daughter. We have things that the angels long for, that they desire to look into and aren't able to. We are higher than the angels because God lives within us. I want you to picture scales falling from your eyes. I want you to picture all, all that. Just go ahead and think of all the things that make you not want to... The reasons we give for why we can't walk in our true identity. Go ahead and let them come out for a second. Go ahead and tell Jesus why you can't. We'll give him a minute. He's very kind. 
He's a great listener. Now I want you to, to picture Jesus saying, Nevertheless, I will be with you. Live in who you really are before me. Because that's who you really are. <coughs> Father, open our eyes right now. Father, we just we just admit that we spent a lot and probably wasted a lot of time not living in our true identity. Lord, we want to though from now on. Would you help us? Help us to see who we really are. We want to walk in our true identity. Father, we thank you that in, in that there's hope in life. Thank you that you have good plans for us. Thank you, Father, that we're called to restore the world back to you. Thank you for that, Lord. Father, we ask just during this time of prayer that you would just move prophetically in people's lives. Father, that we just release right now revelation for everyone who's being prayed for, God. Lord, help us to see people from your eternal perspective. And help us to speak into that right now. If I could get Kyle or Drew back up here to, to play a little guitar behind me. Thank you. What I'm going to have us do is we're going to get into groups of three at the most. Two or three. Preferably three. Guys with guys, please. Girls with girls. And what we want you to do, guys, just ask the Lord. Ask the Lord for this person's true identity. For something encouraging for them. Something of hope for them. Call out their destinies. Call out who they really are. Call them forth. Speak life to people. That's what we get to do. God gives us the power to speak life to people. And to bring life to other people and circumstances. Kyle's going to play a little guitar. You guys can stay in this room. You guys can go in the other room. You can go down. You can basically go anywhere in the house. Is what I'm trying to say. Does everybody understand? Does anyone else have a word to share before? Yeah? Um, it can be either. Uh, preferably people you know, though, if you know people here. Preferably people you know. It'll probably be easier. Okay? Does everybody understand what we're doing? I was going to play. Do you have a song for us? Do you have a song Okay, there might be some. <laughs> We're just gonna play a little bit, worship again, and uh, yeah, just in case. And I'll just pray again one more time as we play here, and then you guys can just go into your groups. You can stay in here if you need to. You can go other places. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say like? Um, I don't really like talking in front of people, but I just felt but like... But you're good way, at it. 